1: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
0: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about are you really happy during the pandemic, at least money-wise? Joining me today is Dr. Benjamin Granger. He is an organizational psychologist with Qualtrics, and you are a leader of the Employee Advisory Experience Team. Welcome to the show, Benjamin.
2: Thanks, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: First of all, I'm struggling with the idea that a large portion of the population are actually happier during the pandemic so maybe let's just address that because i can understand why some people made more money during the pandemic but having more money doesn't always equate to happiness
2: spot on uh firstly and i'd say in the research that we've been doing at large financial was part of it but we have been trying to understand given all of the horrific events that have happened with caring for people, with uh, loved ones dying, with uh, ourselves getting sick and all the uncertainty, we've, on you know, given all that negativity, we've also seen some signals in our research that flexibility with work, hybrid work, are having some positive impacts. And so for one of the recent studies we conducted, we were really trying to figure out, now that people have been through this for two years, as they look back at these experiences, are there certain things that they feel more positively about more negatively about and overall heather i think there were some areas where more people more american workers are saying they're actually happier now uh, with their job satisfaction twice as many people said they're better off now twice as many people said they were um, happier with their family life that their pets were happy that their kids were happy so there are some positive signals but as you alluded to that doesn't mean everything's been rosy
0: yeah my financial situation did improve during the pandemic. You know, I wasn't spending as much on gas, driving to and from places. There were a, a lot of things I was able to cut out because I wasn't having to commute and get lunches at work, sometimes spend money outside the office. So I can see how that happened. And I'm one of those beneficiaries of my pets are much happier that I'm at home and I'm kind of happier like having them with me. But they are our stresses having to work from home. The computer isn't as fast. We get disconnected several times. It's frustrating. Being in the news business, when breaking news happens, I'm always two minutes behind because I'm Mm. not in the office with the breaking news. So it's a struggle. So some areas have been better and some have not. And I'm trying to figure out if going back to pre-pandemic, Even though it's different stresses, am I really any happier than I was before the pandemic?
2: It's a really interesting question. And I I think a lot of people would struggle with answering that question. And so, you know, in our research, I, I think it's a little premature to say, let me make a very clear statement. I don't think that what we saw is necessarily saying people are happier about everything. I think what they are saying is there's certain aspects of their life that have actually improved And probably for some of us, it was a bit of a surprise. But as you pointed out, what we saw, like with mental health, for example, that was an area where it was about even about a third of the people we studied, uh, American workers that we studied, said they were they were better off with their mental health. The same percentage said they were not. They were worse off mental health wise. As a psychologist, that's not surprising at all, right? You, You talked about some of the problems of working from home and the challenges of hybrid work. While that might have reduced some of those stresses and pressure, it also introduced pressure, right? Having to educate my children and work at the same time, incredibly difficult and stressful. A lot of us had to do that. A lot of us were dealing with sick uh, family members. A lot of us were caring for ourselves being sick. And above all, and this is something I've said a lot because I really believe this is true, human beings are generally pretty good at adapting to change. But we are not good at with uncertainty. And if anything was happening in the last two years, it was a massive amount of uncertainty. Yeah. When is this going to end? Is this going to end at all?
0: Yeah. I had a, that big struggle. First of all, we had the change. I, I had 16 hours notice. Like, oh, starting tomorrow, you're working from home. Were we prepared? No. I <laughs> had no idea right, how right. I was supposed to like broadcast live from home. And then. <laughs> Just as we started settling into that after a few months, then we had a lot of people that wound up quitting during the pandemic just because there was a skeleton crew left at the office, which is huge stress on them because there's three people are running things instead of 12 like we used to have. So several people quit. So then all of a sudden I was thrust into a different role and had to go back into the office. And this was before vaccines. And so there was that stress of, well, now, even though it's only around two or three people, they all have kids and who knows what they're exposed to and coming into the office. And after five months, I was back home again for a couple of months. Then I was back in the office filling in for somebody else for another five months. I just felt like, well, what is my job? Like, I didn't feel like I was going to lose my job, but I didn't even know what my job was. And that was hugely stressful.
2: Exactly. You bring up, great examples that I think a lot of people have experienced. And again, one of the reasons why I'm not at all surprised to see a significant amount of Americans looking back on the past two years and really questioning, am I better off mental health wise? And a lot of people saying, no, I'm not. Some are. And the ones that say they are better off are pointing to some specific things. They're pointing to the fact that they saw their organization pivot overnight, right? In a way that was a negative, but in a way it was also positive. It was liberating because it showed a lot of people, wow, some of these things that we thought were once impossible, or maybe it was a message that, oh yeah, get forget that work from home idea. We're never going to do that. All of a sudden we had to, and we did it. And for a lot of organizational cultures, that was a wake up call and it was a positive. So I, I think it's a very real thing that there are people, right, at their stage in life, where their kids are in their age, if they have kids at all, where this was actually really good. That flexibility was very positive. And for a lot of us, it was very negative.
0: This is a great place to take a break because when I come back, we want to go into some more of those things that kept people happier. And one of those was the money. A lot of us got a lot more money. So we'll be right back with Dr. Benjamin Granger. He is an organizational psychologist with Qualtrics. The show, if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about how the pandemic may have affected you financially and a bit on your happiness scale as well. We talked about that in the first segment. Joining me today is Dr. Benjamin Granger. He is with Qualtrics and you are a leader of the Employee Advisory Experience Team. All right, doctor, I want to talk about the the money because part of this survey that you did with how happier people or are they happier or not uh, during the last couple of years of the pandemic. What we found out was a lot of people rated their increase in pay or perhaps less spending as one reason that they became happier during the pandemic.
2: That was indeed one of the things we looked at. And there were a sizable portion of employees in the study who said, they are actually happier with their pay. Their finances are better off now, two years after the pandemic has started. It is important to caveat that though, that there's still a sizable and in certain industries, a much larger percentage of people saying they're worse off for obvious reasons that we'll probably get into. I'll give you some examples in healthcare. 20% of the healthcare work, American healthcare workers we surveyed say that their finances were better off but 36% said their finances were worse off in healthcare. Tech was an area where we saw kind of a more positive story. 61% of employees in tech said that were, their finances were better off, I think largely due to massive increases in pay and compensation that we saw over the last two years, mm-hmm. particularly in the tech industry. And in that industry, only 13% say they're worse off. But again, just like healthcare, you look at government people who work for the government. 31% say their finances are better off, but about the same percentage are saying their finances are worse off. So it's a bit of a mixed bag.
0: I also think that for those who had kids under 17, they, at least in 2021, had a, a really big boost in their income because of the advanced childcare credits. And I know a couple of my coworkers in particular, they wound up taking a cruise It was like one of the first cruises that went back into operation after COVID, but they had gotten so much money from the advanced child care credit, they just went, you know what, we're taking a family vacation for, you know, two weeks on a cruise. And so for them... In that respect, I think they're happier off, but this is also one of my coworkers who was one of the three people stuck at the news station, running things for two years pretty much single handedly, so I know his work stress level is sky high
2: exactly and you you bring up a really interesting point about how people use the money and so one of the things again, as a psychologist that we look at, we do lots of organizational surveys. We help organizations run these big surveys about how people feel about their experiences within the company. And pay is one of the things that we often will ask about. And not- notoriously, um, and there's this running joke in our field that doesn't matter what company you work for, or what industry you work for, what's going to be the lowest area in the survey is going to be the pay. <laughs> that's going to be the area that's the lowest. Right. But you bring up a really interesting point about how that first family used that money. They used it in a way that was very likely had a a dramatically positive impact on their overall experience and also um, just emotional, right? So I think a lot of times when we think about money, it's a cognitive process, right? Ah, I'm getting this amount of money. Where can I allocate it? What do I need it for? It's cognitive. But if you use the money in a certain way to experience something, we know from the research that that creates an emotional reaction as opposed to a cognitive and that tends to have a bigger impact on happiness, whether that emotion was positive or negative, has a bigger impact on whether you're going to be happier than a cognitive reaction.
0: Because I'm all about money and saving it and having enough for retirement. The checks that we got in 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, mine all went to retirement. And I'm like, woohoo, I am boosted my retirement savings. <laughs> it's not so much an experience for me, but it made me very happy. <laughs>
2: I'm like you, Heather. Like, I, I get excited about that. I, I walk to my wife and say, look how much we saved this last quarter. And she kind of gives me the eye, like, what are what did you keep us from doing this last quarter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell her to come talk to me because I'm telling you that is the best.
2: <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I, will, I will.
0: All right. So what other areas did you see during the pandemic where employees either lost money and wound up being unhappy or made more money and were happier during the pandemic?
2: I might focus, I think a lot of the work we do is is around the experience and how money and how other aspects of work affect people's experience and their overall attitudes. So I might reframe that a little bit, Heather, and talk about how we, you know, one thing we know about pay in the workplace is people very quickly get desensitized to it. So you get a raise, you get a nice bonus and it's very, it's an exciting moment. But once you get that raise, you know, those of us who budget, uh, those of us who allocate that money, right. Those of us who save like you, Heather, very wisely, by the way, we get used to that. And then over, over time, the value of that goes away. The benefit of that goes away. One of the, one of the, uh, stories I tell a lot to companies when we run these big surveys and when we look at how people are responding to pay and how should they respond to this? Should they pay people more? For example, there was a, a large retailer that we worked with uh, years ago who every year they would run this big survey of all of their frontline employees and every single year pay would show up as the lowest area. And the CEO and the executive team was sick of seeing it. And they basically said, I, I don't want to see this result again. So they invested millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into increasing employee pay. And they were absolutely giddy about what the next survey was going to show because they were confident that because of all the money they invested, people were going to be happier and they weren't going to see pay show up as that low area again. Right. Well, fast forward to the next survey. After all the pay changes have been rolled out, Heather, any guess what, what happened to the pay scores?
0: I'm guessing it was still lowest on the list.
2: <laughs> it was still lowest on the list. Not only was it lowest on the list, it went down. Oh, no. Why? Well, one of the reasons why it went down was because from the senior leader perspective, yes, that company invested hundreds of millions of dollars. It was a massive investment. But that's a, it was a very, very large organization. And when you break it down to the individual level, For frontline employees, it basically amounted to cents on the dollar increase per hour. So it was almost as if it was a slap in the face. And it was also a reflection of, hey, we're very quickly going to get desensitized to these changes. And I still in that school of thought that increasing pay, not a bad thing, right? We have to do that for organizations to be competitive and retaining and attract talent. But that is not the key to uh people's happiness we've seen enough evidence that i'm i'm fully convinced that that is really not a lever to pull for long-term happiness
0: yeah and i can also see if it did wind up being pennies on the dollar for the individual employee i myself in the 90s i used to work for an airline and most of their raises were 10 cents an hour per year and one year oh my gosh i got 25 cents an hour raise was so happy got my first paycheck took home less money because guess what? That extra twenty five cents bumped me into the next tax category. (laughs) Of course. So I wound up taking home less money with a twenty five cents an hour raise. Yeah, it was I was not happy. I just can't win sometimes. You cannot. (laughs) But if they had bumped it up a dollar twenty five an hour, it would have compensated for being in the higher tax category. And I wouldn't have noticed. So I can see where just a few cents per employee, that is not helpful and could be harmful as well.
2: That's a really good point.
0: All right. We need to take one more break. When we come back, we will try to wrap a few more things up, find out what else could make us happier or unhappy in the pandemic. And where do we go from here? That's the next step. It feels like we're coming out of this pandemic phase. So now what? So we'll be right back with Dr. Benjamin Granger. He is the leader of the Employee Advisory Experience Team at Qualtrics. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about the pandemic. Did it affect you financially, good or bad? Are you happier? Joining me today is Dr. Benjamin Granger. He is the leader of the Employee Experience Advisory Team at Qualtrics. And Dr. Granger, you're also an organizational psychologist. Okay, really quickly, does that mean you organize all of our thoughts, like we go in and you program us? Like, what does that mean?
2: (laughs) Well, it means that I've been jotting down notes about you the whole time. No, I'm
0: kidding.
2: Um, There is power in the pad, though. No, in in all seriousness, though, what we, as a, as a field, what we do is we apply psychological principles to the workplace and for the goal of not just making organizations more productive, but also an attempt to make employees satisfied with their work and, and ultimately happier in life.
0: Okay, so in the first couple segments, we explained why some people might be happier or less. So because of the pandemic, or maybe their happiness level hasn't changed much, but just the different ways they experience stress has changed.
2: It's a really good point, And it brings up another stream that we've been researching and playing around with, which is you can objectively see one of the areas, right? We've objectively seen people get paid more. We've objectively seen organizations increase the level of flexibility at work. We've objectively seen leaders communicate with employees at a higher frequency and with higher quality, given what's been going on, given all that uncertainty over the last two years. However, even though those things have increased, what has also changed and increased is people's expectations because they saw how quickly organizations could pivot. They saw what was possible in terms of workplace flexibility. They saw, hey, it's possible that we can get paid more and compensated better. And we've saw that we can make an improvement in diversity, equity, inclusion, that's another example. But those expectations are also increasing. And so sometimes when we do this type of survey research, we'll still see gaps. We know we're making progress. Employees acknowledge, people acknowledge that we're making progress. But there's still gaps between what they think needs to happen. And that's largely because of expectation changes.
0: So where do people go from here? For the most part, things appear to be easing. But I predict we're going to be dealing with this and getting boosters on vaccines, things like that, for at least another year. So how do people cope going forward?
2: I think one one way that we can cope, as both as individuals and also as organization or, or leaders, if we're leading people, um, we can cope by one reducing uncertainty. And we talked about that in one of the other segments about how human beings generally aren't very good at uncer- with uncertainty. And the mistake a lot of people make is, hey, if I don't know the answer to what's going to happen, or for example, a lot of us are in the mode of, will there be a mass mandate? Will they allow us to go back into the office or will they allow us to continue working from home? What is that long term workplace flexibility policy going to be? For example, that's a there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And a lot one of the mistakes organizational leaders make and people make is if I don't know the answer, I'm just going to hold it back. I'm not going to share it with anyone. And that's a huge mistake. Because even though you don't know the answer, you still can clear up uncertainty by making uncertainty certain. And what I mean by that, and airlines, you talk about airlines earlier, airlines figured this out years ago. When you used to go into the air, the airport and you'd see, oh no, my flight's delayed. And then that was it. It just said your flight's delayed. Right, yeah. It, It drives you nuts, right? But if you just say flight's delayed due to weather, just that little that dramatically reduces people's uncertainty, reduces stress, and overall helps us have a better experience. So that's one lever we can pull is reduce that uncertainty. If you don't know, tell people you don't know. But here's what we're using. Here's the information we're using to make our decision. That's a much better way than just not saying anything. So that's one way we can cope.
0: Any other tidbits that you want to share about increase in pay or decrease in pay. I know the service industry, I mean, they just were decimated during the pandemic. So what has happened in that industry in the last six months?
2: It's like you said, it's been dramatic for for just about all of our customers in the service industry, hospitality, restaurant, quick serve. It's been tremendously difficult for them to attract talent. Um, many of them, as they bring talent on, some of them don't even get to the first day, which is hard to believe, right? For uh, for those of folks like us, it's hard to believe that you wouldn't even make it to the first day after being hired. Some make it only days. And when it comes to pay, there's no question, right? I made a statement earlier, like, I don't believe that it's the key to long-term happiness, and I stand by that. However, that doesn't mean that it's not a lever you pull, because you have to. If you're going to be competitive... If you're going to attract talent in this environment, if you're going to try to compete with all these technology companies that are cropping up and the, the fight for all the talent that's moving out of California and Seattle and and all that, regardless of what industry, you will have to pay people more just to attract them and get them in the door. Um So that, that is an essential lever that has to be pulled, but it can't be the only lever. And so one of the other pieces that I would say uh, another way we can cope and kind of balance what, you know, this pay issue is with flexibility. But I think we have to be flexible of how we define flexibility because a lot of times we think about flexibility and we think, oh, four-day work week, or, oh, you can work wherever you want. Well, that's not possible in the service industry, right? right? But that doesn't mean we can't give certain levels of flexibility. How does work get evaluated? Giving more people more flexibility about when they work or how much time they work, those that with those essential things like increased pay can make a big difference and can help increase the longevity of those employees.
0: All right. Is there anything else, any tips that you want to give to people who are struggling, which is probably all of us?
2: I think do what Heather said earlier, save money. That's (laughs) great advice. So that's one for sure. But in all seriousness, one thing that I'll go back to that cognitive versus emotional. And I've been doing a lot of deep introspection for myself personally over the last two years about what, is it, what does it mean for me to be happy? What does that mean to me? And I'm really rethinking a lot of the decisions. I think a lot of the decisions I've made in the past have frankly been pursuing pleasure as opposed to pursuing long-term happiness. Those are two very different things. And the things that we know influence long-term happiness are having positive emotional experiences. So I would encourage people, right, if... If you get that that money, if you have that extra money, if you're getting those increases, use it for positive emotional experiences. That's likely to have a bigger impact on your overall happiness.
0: Great. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Benjamin Granger. You are an organizational psychologist at Qualtrics, where you're also the leader of the employee experience advisory team. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode.
1: Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.